The kakadu plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry. The world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steel, is every Thursday already know. a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Let's go. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Lewis Carr, and welcome to the Blueprint Connect podcast. This podcast is an extension of the Blueprint Men's Summit, where we have consistently given men a prescription for growth, not just for themselves, but also for their families and their communities. During these episodes, we will educate and motivate our listeners about entrepreneurship, careers, finances, health and wellness, and even relationships. And today we have as our special guest, my good friend from my alma mater, Drake University, Jonathan Azu, founder and CEO of Culture Collective. Welcome, Jonathan. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And um, it's good to be here. It's great to be here. and It's great to be here with you. How you been doing, man? I, I, I saw you online the, the other day. Uh, at the alma mater, Drake University, back in Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, how did that feel coming from L.A. or Costa Rica or New York or wherever you were coming from? Des Moines is a special place. It, it really is. And uh, as you know, I, you know, I serve on the board there. And I always tell people that if it wasn't for this, this small school in the middle of America, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today today. Uh, my career in music didn't start after college. It started when I was in college there. And uh, I was lucky enough to go back this past week with a client with Michelle Williams, who spoke with a coalition of black students. And it was a full circle moment for me. I mean, it was, it was everything to be able to walk around the campus where it all started with somebody that you've been working with for so long. And then she was there to share her story around mental health and her journey. And she's changing lives while, while there. It's just, it, I still feel it right here in my heart. It was really great. Uh, great, great. Uh, it looked like it was it was a good time and a very meaningful uh, opportunity. It was cold. It <laughs> was cold. <laughs> it was cold. Is it different was it kind really of cold? cold or was it just cold from you because you you were coming from a warm place? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's you know I got up in the morning to catch my flight. You know that seven a.m. flight. It's, it's about ten degrees out. It was cold. 
Yeah, that, that's what I'm told. So, so Jonathan, tell the audience about Culture Collective and 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 what you do there, and and what is your purpose and in the music industry. Yeah, the core of the company is we're, we're a talent management company. Uh, as managers, we like to say we, we put, no pun intended, the blueprint together for an artist's career, and then we execute against it. And we also have a, a, a label, a record label division, where we, we distribute music on behalf of some of the artists that we manage, not all of them. And then we just developed a third division this past year where we're working on some brand solutions uh, with a few different companies. And so we're, we're, we're playing our agency marketing uh hat, putting our agency marketing hat on but the umbrella of it all is a story of 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 an executive myself who spent you know almost 20 years in the business building other people's companies and building a career on the shoulders of other executives that do not look like me but saw something in me and finding myself in a place where i felt like i had accomplished a lot of the things that i set out to do professionally um, some personal things happened in my life. I'd lost my father. Uh, I had my second son and you start to really think about what, what do you want the back? I joke in the golf terms, the back nine of your life to look like, <laughs> how do you want, how do you want to roll it out and what kind of impact do you want to have? And I began to notice that when I was going to meetings and being pulled into, you know, you know, various fundraising events that I had a seat at the table. I was sitting with some of the biggest names uh, from an executive perspective in music, but consistently I was the only person of color sitting at these tables. And I felt like I had figured, I kind of figured the, the Rubik's cube out of how to navigate this industry. And I shouldn't just one retain those secrets internally and not share them. That's one aspect that I want to have in this back nine of life. And then the other was, do I want to be an example of a person of color that's figured it out doing it for somebody else? Or do I want to be an example of somebody that's figured it out that could have honestly just continued to go down that path and, you know, had an impact or do I want to do my own thing and 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 show people that you you can do it on your own? You can own your own company. You can you can really build something special and be of color. Uh, and I decided to do that. That's when I decided to launch to launch Culture Collective. So, so I like so, to say that for reasons bigger than you make that decision though to walk away from that check and then say, hey, I'm gonna roll the dice. I mean, that's not a decision you just wake up, you didn't get angry. You, you made a very strategic decision. Tell, tell our audience about that process because there may be a lot of people out there who are in corporate America working for big companies who's had this on the back of their mind also. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't easy. And, and I'll, I'll take you through a, couple, a few of the different hurdles that I had to go over to get there. Um, you know, initially, it's... It, to me, I've always been a person, and this is at Drake University. I, I, I put on some some. So now that I look back at it, some really big concerts when I was there, and when I was in the moment of it, I didn't I didn't know it, but it was something that was burning inside me that I want to put these shows on and I want to figure it out. I'm going to find the money. I'm going to find the venue. I'm going to you know, you know liaison with the university. And, and if I don't do these things, I lose sleep. I can't sleep. I can't get it off my mind. I, I'm not a, I'm not a, a performer 
but it's the closest thing I can, I, I can think about being a performer when they have a song in their head and say, I got to get it out. It's two in the morning. I got to get it out. Otherwise it'll drive me nuts. It's the same thing with me about business, some aspects of business. So this was burning in my head for a very long time. And I felt like I really needed to do it. And the, so the first hurdle was, was listening to that inner voice and not ignoring it. The second hurdle, honestly, was talking with mentors like you. And, and we've sat many times. Uh, we'll probably get into the story of how we know each other later, but I've known you for a very long. I've, I've admired you for longer than I've known you, known you for. And you reach out to the Lewis cars of the world. Um, there's other people in my life, Chris Van Noy and Cliff Chenfeld and some others that really help advise me on what I should do. So that was, that was another hurdle, but it was them pushing me over that next hurdle. And then, um, you know, that you, you get your ducks in a row, you start going, working through some of the stuff in the back end. you look for help. You don't do it all on your own. You know, I, I, you know, I mentioned Chris Van Noy. He's somebody that I've worked with for years in previous iterations with companies, business development, doing consulting, writing business plans for companies I've worked for. I brought him in to work on a business plan for me. Uh, I have another close friend, Marcus Hollinger, who works with Lecrae, who you've had on your, your podcast, I think before. And Lecrae has an amazing business called Reach Records. Lecrae is a former client. I've been always extremely impressed with everything that Reach does in their approach. And of course, Lecrae is amazing. And Marcus is the marketing genius behind a lot of that. A lot of that. So I brought him on board to do the branding and positioning of the company. So I started really pulling people into my sandbox that I'm impressed with or inspired by in my life to help come over, come up with what, what it was going to look and feel like and what our positioning was going to be like. Um, then, then there was, you know, talking to my, my, my clients that I was working with at the time and sharing my vision and sharing it in a way where I wanted them to understand and, and really feel what I was going, getting ready to do. And I wanted them to come with me as my Jerry Maguire moment, if you will. I wanted them to come with me, but I didn't, didn't say you have to, uh, because if you don't, this is happening anyway. So that's the other part. 99% of its commitment, 1% of its execution. I was committed to doing it. And uh, then the last two parts was, you know, it's not just me. It, I, I have a beautiful wife and I have two wonderful children. My kids are babies. They're four and eight. Um, but I had them in mind, but my wife is my partner and I had to have the conversation with her is like, you know, are you, are you know, cause I'm not in a position where it's just me. So there is some great risk here. I do have mouths to feed and people to take care of. Uh, and she was in full support as she always is. And then the last one was me sitting at, at 30,000 feet with the window open of the plane and a parachute in my hand and <laughs> looking at the ground and looking at the pilot and looking at the ground and when's the right time to jump? When's the right time to, to, to take, to take that leap of faith. And I realized that there is no perfect time. You just got to At that point, you got to go, you got to go. And I went and it was honestly the best decision I've ever made in my life. Uh, the response that I received from, from my colleagues, from the entertainment industry as a whole has been phenomenal. Um, and some people questioned why I did it. Some people misconstrued the reasons why I did it. Uh, I even had one executive mention that, you know, the top, you know, the, the, the top, the top 
uh, artist and billboard of a color. So it makes sense for you to own your own company because you'll have more of a shot of working with artists of color. And I said, well, it's, it's definitely way over the head. It's not, you know, again, I like to say we doing it for music reasons bigger than music. But it's been very beneficial. But that's the, the top line. That was the process of, of going through it. But it all started with the heart, what you feel inside of you. All the other hurdles you can't get to unless it's right here. We'll be right back with more of my interview after this quick break. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steels every Thursday, each episode provides an in-depth exploration into the formative artists, monumental albums, and socio-political factors that have shaped gangster rap from its emergence in the 80s to its enduring impact today. Gangsta Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form. We dive into the socio-cultural aspects that gangster rap boldly addressed, from police brutality to systemic racism, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the profound cultural significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangsta Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. So, so, so Jonathan, uh, tell our audience, who are some of your clients right now? Uh, we work with long, long-time clients of Emily King, who's an amazing R&B artist. Uh, she is, has been nominated for two back-to-back Grammys. 
Um, she was nominated last year for Beck's art, best R and B song, uh, which she lost, which she did lose to Beyonce. So if there's anyone to lose to, you want to lose to Beyonce. And, uh, and the year before that, she was nominated for best, uh, uh R and B, um, performance. And we work with Michelle Williams, who is a friend of yours and a longtime client. And honestly, a very close friend of my, of, of, of my family. She's, 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 you know, she's been a, part of my last almost 10 years of, of, of my life professionally and personally and formerly of destiny's child, uh, arguably the, the, the biggest girl group in the world. Um, but her calling as of recent is sharing her journey of mental health and specifically mental health in the black community. Um, and I've been next to her on this journey personally and professionally as she's developed as a public speaker and what I've seen her do, what I just saw her do at Drake was jaw dropping. When I say she's changing lives, she's literally changing lives. And in some cases, saving lives. It's, it's a, it's a very real thing what she's sharing and what she's hearing back from the community that she's reaching out to. So, you know, we do very little in music. We do, a lot in, in, you know, public speaking. Um, she also does acting and, you know, uh, uh, brand endorsements and all sorts of other stuff. But, you know, it's, it's fascinating to watch her back nine alive to say, you know what? Yes, I've toured the world and, you know, uh, those, those girls are my sisters and, um, and there may be more for them down the road, but for right now, it's about impacting people around mental health, her sharing her journey with them. Uh, Corey Henry, phenomenal, uh, instrumentalist, R and B artist. And he was a part of a jazz collective, decided to go out on his own, brought me in to help architect the, 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 the roadmap for him. And I, I'm, I'm excited to say in the last few years, he's, um, he's become a phenomenal producer and co-writer. And then he also has put out his own albums. And just this year he's nominated for four Grammys, uh, two as a co-producer and writer on Kanye West's Donda album and one on a uh, co-writing and co-production with Eric Bellinger. And then he's nominated himself in that same category with Eric Bellinger for, for best progressive R and B album for his album, something to say, which, which we are the record label for and we're the management force. So we put the music out, okay. um, which has been amazing. And then, um, and then just to build on that, Luke James, who's also a, a close friend of yours, who's, who's, uh, I think been featured on a podcast and in, 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 in previously, we are, uh, also the record label and, and management company for him. And we put out an album a couple years ago with him to, uh, to, to feel loved, which was nominated for best R and B album. So we've been really, really, really blessed. We also work with Lucy Park and Leon Thomas, um, a, a, a brand new R and B artist that's making waves right now. Genevieve, she has a song called baby powder. That's who had about 40 million streams on Spotify. Very excited for her. Um, so we get, you know, we got a lot of really great artists that we work with and we're excited to continue to build their careers and make an impact. But again, I go back to that mission, the mission of the company. And in the last year, We've also launched a variety of different initiatives around, you know, hiring uh, underrepresented minorities. We've gotten involved with with a col this coalition of festivals that we helped co-develop to help impact the way in which music festivals are 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 hiring and programming um, to make sure that diversity diversity is kept in mind. 
in those in those scenarios. So we we continue to make it, you know, do great business, but make an impact. So as the country opens back up, how difficult or easy is it trying to get your artists back out and engaged? And you just mentioned festivals and really engage with the public again. Is that a challenge or is it just like we just been waiting on it? Oh, we're waiting on it. We're definitely we're ready to go. I mean, the last few months I've been having these conversations with with agencies that represent our artists and going through the grid, the Excel spreadsheet of all the opportunities and dates and offers, and and it's been great to 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 talk with agents again. They're our partners. We speak with agents more than anyone. Uh, in that artist sandbox, and it's been great to connect with them again. And, and it's, but it's, but it's been easy domestically. It's been hard internationally. We're still trying to figure out international. We got some opportunities in Asia as well as uh, Australia coming up, and we're just trying to figure out to think about scenarios in business. You have to plan for multiple scenarios. And right now we're planning for artist goes over, does their tour, crushes it, comes home. Everyone's happy. What if one member gets sick? What happens? How does that play out? Does the band have to stay? You know, does the artist have to stay in the country? And if so, for how long? Who pays for that? We have to think through all those things. Uh, it's a little different than, you know, it's a little different than, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers uh, gets, gets sick you just put the backup quarterback in, you still play on Sunday. Mm-hmm. It's it's different in our world. We have to be very, very cautious and create a bubble. I lose Corey Henry. I lose Emily King. I can't, I can't put another Corey Henry and Emily King up there. So we have to be, we have to really think about how we're protecting one, protecting our artist and two thinking through uh, how do we, how do we play it? How, how do things work out if someone was to, to God forbid, get, get sick. So Jonathan, what advice would you give to uh, people who look like us and want to get into an industry that you and I clearly know is not the most diverse industry uh, of all industries out there? Uh, In 2022, what advice would you give to those people who are coming out of school and say, I want to be like Jonathan Azut? Honestly, I would say the, the biggest advice for one is follow your heart, follow your dreams. Don't let anybody tell you you can't do it. I still look for the no in my career. Sometimes I'll, if I'm trying to sign an artist to a record label or um, I'm trying to get a, a, a festival to be interested in or anything in my business, sometimes I'll call the person or reach out to the person I know is going to tell me no just to get me going. Right. Just to get me going. That's, that's that Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Mamba mentality. I'll look for that. And that's that inner, inner burn, that desire, that drive. And you have to, you have to keep that same energy throughout your career and don't think that you figured it out just because you've, you've had successes. You want to keep that desire and burn. And the second thing, and I mentioned this before is Build your board. Companies have boards. Viacom has a board. PepsiCo has a board. Walmart has a board. You should have a board. You should start to put your board together. And it can change over time. Board Boards change over time as companies develop and grow. I'm proud to say that you're on my board. 
right? Over the last, you know, I, I can't even how long we've known each other for, but for, you know, for a long time, you've been on my board. You've been on my board, and you can't be bashful about asking asking somebody to be on your board. I don't think I ever put it to you that way, uh, but the minute we've connected. Uh, which for those of you that don't know, Lewis graduated from Drake university. Um, I, I knew of Lewis Carr while I was a student at Drake. I graduated from Drake and happened to happenstance. I'm working at CBS radio on the 46th floor of the Viacom building in times square. And we share an office with the BET sales team. Now, of course, being a person of color, there's not that many people of color on the CBS side, a ton of folks of color on the <laughs> side. I took the opportunity because we shared a kitchen. I took an opportunity to build relationships with people at BET because we shared a kitchen. And I learned that that sales team reported into Lewis Carr. And I was like, wow. All right, here we go. I saw it as an opportunity to get in front of you. But the one thing, the one hurdle that I had to get through was over was you had to to be willing to 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 connect with me, and we had that common denominator of being Drake University grads. You were in town. We sat down. We had a top line conversation, the getting to know you, and you've been on my board since. And I appreciate that. And so, everyone, you need to develop your own board to help develop your career. Two, two pieces of advice, inner, inner burn, inner desire, follow that heart, that drive. Don't allow a no to deter you, allow a no to drive you, and then put your team together. We'll be right back with more of my interview after this quick break. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steels every Thursday, each episode provides an in-depth exploration into the formative artists, monumental albums, and socio-political factors that have shaped gangster rap from its emergence in the 80s to its enduring impact today. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form. We dive into the socio-cultural aspects that gangster rap boldly addressed, from police brutality to systemic racism, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the profound cultural significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. 
You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. So Jonathan, you are also an adjunct professor at the prestigious uh, USC uh, University out in California. How did that happen? And and, and what are you teaching? Well, I always saw myself um, getting into academics uh, and I think a lot of it has to do with my upbringing. Uh, I like to joke that I'm the white sheep of the family. I'm actually the only person of my siblings that does not have a master's. In some cases, they have two. My uh-huh. twin is a surgeon. All right. So, you know, growing up, sometimes it was, it was uh, you know, John's doing his own different thing. And <laughs> my father would always, uh, who was who's, who's an academic, um, surgeon his own story is is something that communicates to what i just was talking about before he he was brought to the united states uh, as a, uh, by missionaries he was adopted by missionaries to come here for a better life and education and became a surgeon uh not not easy uh was was one of the first blacks to graduate from st louis university medical school and he always really wanted me to go to business school and I, and I toyed around with it a bit. I think you and I probably even talked about it a little yes, bit. Yes. Right. Just kind of going back and forth. And he really, really wanted me to go to business school and he write me letters sometimes in, in when I was working in New York about, uh, you know, following my dreams, but just keeping in mind that you've got Columbia and you've got NYU there and you have all these really great business schools. And I just, for me, just wasn't the right time. And I still may do it. It's still, it's one of the things that, burns inside of me sometimes is do I go and get a master's? So in a way teaching at USC is, is a little bit of a nod to him. And I know he's, he's, he's up in, in heaven looking down, kind of probably smiling and shaking his head and saying, man, I can't believe this guy to become an adjunct professor at, at USC. But they had reached out to me a little over a year ago and they had a, a vacancy in, in their music department in the Thornton school of music. They were looking for someone to come in and teach management. We're in the throes of the pandemic at the time. I was, I was currently at that time living in Costa Rica. Uh, you know, that little window post riots, pre-insurrection when you were kind of like, ah, I don't know if I want to, I want to be here anymore. Well, we left. my family and I left, we went to Costa Rica, which is where my wife is from. We, we initially went for a month and then ended up staying uh, for multiple reasons. We stayed and uh, my family's actually still there. They're coming back in a few months. I've, I've come back to Los Angeles since. Um, 
and they were okay with me doing it online because everything was online. So I said, let's give this a try. I'm pretty good at Zoom at this point, right? I can do Zoom. I can run mission control and all. Yeah. It ended up being the hardest thing of the class was me not... I, I even ended the class early a couple times, accidentally wow. trying to get the share screen off. It was a hot mess. But it was very rewarding. Very rewarding. I was, I'm gracious. They asked me to come back this semester a year later. So I started teaching about four weeks ago, this time on campus. I have 60 students and I teach all aspects of the music industry because as managers, we touch everything, publishing, touring, uh, distribution, marketing, PR. We touch on everything all with the lens of the manager. And I've, it's, I know they're getting a lot out of me, but I'm getting so much out of them because I'm getting a perspective of what it is to be between that ages of, let's say, 18, 19 to 22 and their perspective, not only on music, but their perspective on the world. And it's helping to form how we think about how we work with our artists. So I'm getting just as much out of them as they may be getting out of me. Wow. Wow. Congratulations on that. And I'm sure the students love you. It's so great. What's next? What's, what, what's, what's next? What's next? B rebuilding the business, putting the bricks back together, um, continuing to follow our mission of what we're doing as a company and an impact on the culture, uh, doing great, doing great business, having, you know, business acumen. You know, I, I, I told somebody the other day, one of my, one of my colleagues, one of my young colleagues that your reputation, and this is goes for us as individuals and us as a business enters the room before you do. And it's the only thing that you will carry from job to job or from deal to deal, partnership to partnership. And that's the one thing we always have to remember as the foundation of how we conduct ourselves as individuals and representing culture collective. So that's our North star. That's what we, 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 we use to, to pave the pavement that we're walking down. And we'll continue to do that and continue to, to build our business and work with great artists. I'm excited to, to, to get involved in more partnerships. Um, you know, we think big and I think that what we do as a company, we can impact and help more artists. We can impact and help more companies and there could be more strategic relationships out there as well. Um, as we continue down this, this, this journey of, of building culture collective. So, so Jonathan, uh, you, you help people develop their own blueprint. This, this podcast is called the blueprint connect. So before we let you go, what should, Every person that's trying to create this successful journey for themselves have a part of their blueprint. What are the sort of the fundamentals, the essentials to building a successful blueprint? Vision. Vision. That blueprint, that roadmap has a start and the end of drafting it. And you have to have the vision and it can twist and turn that's okay. You know, I just moved into a new house. Um, I, 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 if I looked at the blueprints of this house, when they, when they, when they were putting the plans together, most likely it looks very different than how it ended, how it finished. And that's okay. You have to be flexible, but you have to have a roadmap. You have to have a vision. You have to know what you're working towards. Where are the goal lines? Where are the milestones? If you don't have those things, you, you, you won't, you won't get there. Um, remind me, Lewis, on your office, on the wall, on the window, what does it say? Growth. Growth, right? It says growth. Yes. And if you don't have that blueprint, 
you won't grow because you don't know what your what, what what growth looks like. You don't know what the success metrics look like. So to me, it's having that vision, laying it out, and executing against it, so you can recognize growth. So, so Jonathan, I, I, I've got to ask you this and challenge you on this: which comes first, the desire or vision? Hmm. Desire. The reason why I say desire is because as a as a as a, as a, a young person, you you haven't lived enough life to necessarily have the vision because you haven't seen enough things, talked to enough people. But that desire, that desire is something that you can see uh, at a young age. You can see it in people, and you, you you look. You know, there's I'm around a lot of children now in my life. And you'll see a three or four year old who's just coming into life, but you look at them and say, you know what? I don't know what it is. <laughs> that kid's got heart. <laughs> that kid's got desire. Definitely doesn't have a vision because they're too young to have a vision, but I'm telling you, watch out world. So, so, so Jonathan, you, 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 you just stepped into my space now. So this is going to go on a little bit. All right. So if you don't have vision, how can you, find someone to get someone to help you create that vision. Cause I was one of those people, people will debate with me on this. I don't think I had vision. All right. I say I ran into vision makers. How can people get that vision who, you know, I'm not one of those people who believe you can't be what you can't see. I just didn't see much. And I ran into people who saw something in me before I saw it in myself. How does someone find or be attractive to those type of people who can be vision makers? Yeah. And I think that just to, just to build on what you just said, and I'm just thinking through it myself, I just mentioned the small child who has heart and desire, but doesn't have vision yet because they haven't experienced things. I, I was an example of that. So were you. And then you go through this second phase later in life, more professionally as a young adult, where people see something in you that you don't see in yourself. And then they, but they, 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 they want to invest time, resources, and potentially money into helping to grow what you don't necessarily see. And then you go through this later part, which is, I think where I've been at over the last five years, where you, 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 you start to believe a little bit that, all right, I do have a vision, Right. I, I do. I, you know, uh, what people have been saying. And now that I look back, what people did for me means that I have a vision and maybe I just haven't articulated it yet. I haven't really crystallized what it is yet, but it's there. Um, it's, and, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that, well, you have a vision, you need to go start your own company. It doesn't mean that you have a vision. You, you've got to go become the CEO of, a company. Uh, it, it can mean that you have a vision and you, you want to, you want to help somebody else realize their vision. I did that for many years. I mentioned it earlier and I was very, very successful at helping other owners of their companies realize their vision. I just chose, I wanted to do it on my own. And that's when I was creating that vision, it goes back to what I talked about before. I started pulling people in my board and looking at resources. You know, I mentioned Marcus Hollinger and Chris Van. I looked at resources that can help me mold my vision, help me build my roadmap, my, my blueprint. Cause that blueprint's a vision, but you're not drafting it on your own. You've got a team of people that are helping you to draft, to draft your, your, your blueprint. And, um, 
I think that that would be how I would address somebody that says, all right, well, I don't know if I have vision. How do I do it? It's, it's inside of you. What are the things that are going to help you unlock it? Things and people. Well, Jonathan, the final question, the people who have vision, but it's just not happening fast enough. Talk to those people as we close this session out. Patience. Uh, for a long time, later in life, it's for me, I've gotten more comfortable with that, that I'm running my own race at the pace that I need to. And it doesn't mean that you don't push yourself, increase your stride, work on your breath. You, you know, we're, we're, I'm, I'm talking with a, one of the best collegiate track athletes to, to run at Drake university. So he, he, he you, you know, this, um, but you got to run your race and not, not be necessarily worried about, the person in the lane to the right or left of you run your race. Um, there's many ways to get over from, from the, the Valley of Los Angeles into Hollywood. There's many different arteries over that Hill and you migrate with your pack. I've been in this business for almost 20 years. I know people that have been in, that have been in this business for 20 years as well. And we're, we're sitting on the other side of the Hill looking at each other being like, wow, CEO of COO founder board member, all this really interesting stuff that, I, that successful, uh, metrics, <laughs> how did we get here? We all took a different path over that Hill and some got there first, some got there second, some backtracked to get there, but, but we all, but we all arrived at our own pace. So that patience is, is, is in letting the play develop. I use a sports term, right? Letting, you know, it's a football term. Got to let your receivers run their routes, right? You throw the ball too early. You can throw it to nobody. You throw it too late. You may get intercepted. So let them run their routes, right? And look for the right timing, but you got to let them run their routes, you know? So patience is a part of it, but you still want to have that internal desire and burn and drive. I honestly, I honestly, honestly, honestly always feel that I'm about five years behind where I should be in life. It's been this constant thing since I was a young executive where I say to myself, you know, yeah, I've found a culture collective. It's amazing. I'm working with all these amazing artists. I'm you, you, the board trustee at Drake university. I'm, I'm an adjunct professor at USC. And then I always say to myself, man, I mean, why did it take me so long to get here? So it's still there. And I still recognize it, but I'm more comfortable that I'm running my own race versus it being a thing that frustrates me and I misconstrue as failure. Well, Jonathan, thank you. Closing us out on running your own race. Uh, I appreciate that. How can people get in touch with you? Uh, I'm on, on social platforms, uh, Jonathan Azu, LinkedIn, Instagram, um, and you can reach out to me on those platforms. And I, I honestly, a lot of people will reach out to me and I'll answer questions and send video messages back. If people have uh, uh, things that they, they, they want to know about me or, or be inspired. And I'm, I'm outside. I'm back. I'm running around the country. I'm doing events. I'll be at concerts and festivals. Come up, say hello. All right, Jonathan. Thank you so much for being on the Blueprint Connect podcast. And as we leave... Keep your mask on. You're around a lot of people, Jonathan. Just keep that mask on. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you.
Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right. 